Welcome back to another edition of Boilers Extra. I'm Nathan Baird from the Journal and Courier. I am flying solo again today. Mike Carmen is off this week, but I am joined by a special guest, and that is Larry Clisby, the Purdue basketball play-by-play guy for you know going on uh, 34 years, I think he said, and he updates us uh, on his uh, cancer fight and and the good news he's received there recently. And also, we talked a lot of basketball about last season and, and what might be ahead for the Boilermakers. So it was a really great conversation. Uh, Larry really opened up about uh, some of the things he's been through in the last couple of years and, and even beyond that. And I think a lot of, of fans who followed his fight here over the last you know, 16 months will um, really get a lot out of that. So I hope you stay tuned. Um, touching base on a couple things that we're going to have coming up at jconline.com in the near future. Um, Obviously, you've probably been following Mike's coverage of Purdue football recruiting um, and the the, the haul that they brought in in June that leads right into, in fact, I believe it's next Friday, next weekend or end of next week um, is Big Ten Media Day in Chicago. So he'll be up there to talk to Jeff Brom and uh, the the Purdue players who are attending, which is uh, Marcus Bailey, Rondell Moore, and Lorenzo Neal and just get some insight from them, but also talk to coaches throughout the Big Ten and kind of get a, a assessment of, of how teams feel like things are going into the, the upcoming season. I was a little bit surprised that Elijah Sindelar wasn't one of the players on Purdue's list. A lot of times um, a quarterback, especially a returning quarterback, which he technically is, just even though he, he's obviously had his injury issues and, and David Blau took a lot of snaps, but... Um, a little surprised Sindelar didn't go, but I also applaud Purdue for putting someone like Rondell Moore up. It's not always that you'll take a sophomore and put him up at an event like this, but I think it's important for Purdue to put him out there front and center. He's kind of the face of the program right now, although I don't know how comfortable he is with that designation. But he's uh, a, a unique talent in college football, and I think he's probably going to draw a lot of interest from the other media that day. So. Um, Stay tuned to that next week on jconline.com. Not a lot going on basketball-wise right now. Um, a big recruiting weekend, and we have some people throughout the USA Today network. They're going to be bringing us some coverage of Purdue targets at the various events this weekend, a big uh, July evaluation period. Um, and uh, I have a Purdue mailbag. I answered some questions from viewer readers, I should say. Um, that's up on jconline.com as of this morning. This is a Tuesday that I'm recording this. And uh, so uh, trying to answer just some of some of the questions people had, and obviously um, I got several people asking me about some of the same topics, notably what's going on with the Hunter Dickinson uh, situation waiting as, as we're talking about 2020 recruiting, and then also kind of assessing Trevor Williams and what he did coming out of the World University Games and what that means as far as how legitimate it is. And I know we get this question every year, no matter who the big men are at Purdue, but um, is Painter going to play those two guys together for any significant periods of time? And it seems like one of those things that's always a possibility, um, and I think it's a possibility again this year, but how real that is kind of remains to be seen, and I, I went into my reasoning for that in the mailbag. So follow me on Twitter at JC or just go to jconline.com. You can get that mailbag um, directly that way. And without further ado, I'm going to kick this over to my conversation with Larry Clisby. We're joined today on Boilers Extra by uh, a voice that many of you are probably familiar with, if not all of you, Larry Clisby, the voice of uh, Purdue basketball for 
um, well, a couple decades or more now, uh, uh, a long time. And um, Larry, welcome to the show. Um, for starters, and, and I don't want to bury the lead here, but I, I think people are familiar with you know what you've gone through um, with your health here in the last couple of years, and wanted to congratulate you on um, the good news you've received recently. Um, maybe you can kind of um, just tell tell the listeners um, you know the, the good news you have gotten recently and what that means for you going forward. Well, we had uh, planned a, uh, a look at everything and how things were coming in in my treatment uh, i've been in treatment for about a year and uh if if longer and cancer uh, treatment for people who yeah for people right. who aren't familiar you had um a metastatic brain and lung cancer that's correct I, and that was uh, a year ago in july that was told to me um that's exactly what i had and then then of course, then we had to figure out a way to try to fight this thing, and that's that was my main motivation for a year, and we did it. Uh, we fought, we fought hard, and had wonderful, wonderful help, great, great support, wonderful uh, support from Purdue fans, from the administration, uh, to the coaching staff, all the way down to the to uh, trainers, to everybody, and uh, we just took a steady course. We tried a few different things uh, that weren't in the cards and uh, with some vitamins and things of that nature, and we um, we had a few setbacks. Um, one of them was a drug Truda, which is so popular now, and it it just didn't didn't go well with me. But uh, so we had to go through that and some other things. But anyway, I had been, you know, my treatment had the last couple of months have really cut back. Uh, my chemo treatment had really cut back, and um, it looked like um, you know I was really improving in most areas, but we hadn't had a big test yet, and we had that test uh, last week. Uh, we took it last week, and then then we got the results uh, Friday morning. And when we got the results, we were both my new wife uh, Michelle uh, and I were <laughs> absolutely stunned when she said to us. You are now in remission, and for cancer victims, uh, remission means doesn't mean cured. Uh, a lot of people think, well, you're cured from cancer and you'll never get it again. No, what remission means the disease that you have had, which is fourth stage lung cancer and metastasized brain cancer, is no longer, and uh, so. Uh, that's a lot to work with, <laughs> and yeah. so we we just thought, wow, because that was that was my goal, and I'm not saying I had much to do with it. I had incredible uh, medical people, uh, incredible strong support from a fan base that was just incredible. Uh, my wife was, we didn't get married until. Uh, 
early in June, and and uh, so, but she's been there all 16 months with me, and uh, it's just been an incredible thing, and I've had many, many stories. I've had people sit down with me and say, hey, Larry, listen, I had exactly what you had, and and I'm still alive, and look at me, and, Hmm. you know, and I had plenty of examples of that, and I had so many people, you know, praying for me and everything, so it was a grand story and a grand ending to that story, although it's just the beginning. And uh, uh, to think that I was ever going to have to wor- hear those words, hear in remission, i, I, I got to be honest with you, I never believed that was true. And uh, although I was hoping and I was praying and I was believing, I, I wasn't doing it in a... And uh, oh, we'll see. No, it was. I believed I could do it, but I didn't know I could do it. So, you know what yeah. I mean? It's a, so, it was a, it was an incredible weekend, man. And it only came a <laughs> couple weeks after we got married, and oh, we just and so we've been celebrating for three weeks, and it's been, <laughs> it's, it's been a great time. That's awesome. And and unfortunately, you know all too well that. Eating cancer once doesn't make you immune from it again because this is the third time that you've beaten some form of cancer, right? That's um, and That's I know the diagnosis this time originally was was much more dire. But um, for those of us, I, I, I've been fortunate to this point in my life. I'll be 41 in August, and I've never had to, to battle that. Although, I've, like most of us, you know, it's, it's touched members of my family, but. Um, I, I kind of can't even imagine what that feeling is like to have the doctor come in and say you're in remission. Is that, and especially this this time, was that a, a feeling unlike anything maybe you'd ever felt? Oh, this absolutely. Point? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I did, my body and my mind and uh, how she and I reacted to it, you know, it's almost like, well, we, we heard it in, in, it took mm-hmm. us, uh, you know, it took us half an hour to really embrace it. And, uh, you know, the first time when I was told, you know, you got brain cancer, you know, that didn't take long to absorb, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you immediately uh, think to yourselves, boy, this isn't good because all we could think of was either dying or Fighting your butt off to stay alive. So, mm-hmm. and we knew that that was going to be a long path. Well, it has been. I mean, I'm not saying that any of this thing has been easy. It hasn't been. And, uh, you know, I went through a lot of stuff and I'm proud of my fight, but I'm, I'm, I'm but I'm more thankful for the prayers. I'm more thankful for the, fight of everybody else and, and the encouragement I got. Jeez, I, I got so much encouragement and so much help from so many people and uh and, and that includes everybody at Purdue and the administration even and, and and those type of people who really gave a darn about me and and I felt it and uh I went along with it and so we got those words uh Saturday you are in remission, and and you know that, that's a that's a heck of a thrill. I bet. You know, uh, 
congratulations also on, as you mentioned, your your recent nuptials. And you, you had a big Purdue presence at that, based on what I saw um, on social media, um, some some dignitaries and and other um, people um, in the athletic department that was there. Just what was that? Kind of describe that scene, and, and maybe I guess, especially in considering the perspective of being one year earlier, not knowing if if that was going to be possible. Oh yeah, we decided uh, we decided about halfway through treatment to to get married uh, or to set the date to get married. That we've been engaged for a couple of years. Uh, we decided to put it on the first day of my first treatment, uh, the year anniversary of it, and uh, that was the day we got married. So the, so that that was uh, the express date of the uh, marriage was. To, to celebrate, this is when we went into this thing, and we didn't know when we were going to get out of it, and, and we're just shocked at the moment that we are out of it momentarily. But we also know, and we've heard from doctors and all the experts that uh, cancer has a thing of uh, coming back, and uh, sure. So we so we're careful to say that we have this thing beat. I think the only way you could say you had it beat is if you had it cured. If someone said you're cured, um, and man, that might be close, but uh, we'll see if, if any more uh, crops up. But boy, we had a we had a great great wedding. Of course, I live in Melbourne, Florida, and uh, so this is part of the, the vacation south, and uh, there's plenty of places to go that you can celebrate but we went to a, a hotel here locally that's uh, right on the uh, ocean uh, Michelle and I live uh, about seven blocks off the ocean and, and about a, less than a block off the Indian River so we live on the Indian River but we can walk any day right to the ocean front and uh, but we had this uh, right on the right on the ocean and we had a lot of people down, man. It, it was, and a lot of people, a lot of people out of my past that came down, and and it was so cool. And <laughs> I did something, I did something I thought it turned out extremely well. And um, for for many years as I went through life, I, uh, you know, I at one time was a drinker and. Uh, a partier, and that pretty much was one of the things that people would talk about me. And of course, I finally grew up and matured when I got into my fifties. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I had a DUI and uh, sixteen years ago, and that you know, and faced the Purdue people, and 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 was told without question that this would be the last time that would ever happen. And they were they were true to their words, and I was true to mine, and uh, that's why I quit drinking. And but we had this uh, uh, I had this uh, tradition at one of the local bars in town that uh, I would always play uh, "Staying Alive" with the BGs when I left, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, that's how we started our wedding. I came down the aisle by myself. Uh, doing a little dance to staying alive, <laughs> and it was great. I mean, it worked out 
it worked out beautifully. It wasn't a hoax, and and everybody just went wild over it. And, and that's pretty much how the whole wedding went. So we were pleased. We we went away from that being, hey, we 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 did a dandy here. And so and I had uh, the coaching staff was down, members most of them, uh, my entire broadcast group was down, uh, and uh, it, it was just. Uh, it was just fabulous. It really was. That sounds like quite a scene, and obviously that that song takes on a little bit extra significance, I guess, with the, the events of the past year. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, sure. we're talking to we're talking to Larry Clisby on the Boilers Extra podcast, and you talked before about just the support that the Purdue fan base meant to you as you were in the thick of this fight around this time last year. How did you? How was your relationship with that with that group changed at all in the past? year because then obviously ever since word came out before last year that um you you, you know you were in, in much better health and things were looking and you were able to go back to work uh, you obviously got to interact with a lot of those people face to face coming up to you at at events and the games and and probably just day-to-day life unbelievable and um and it's hard you know from my point of view you know here's another day another day you're going to be in public and uh, of course, when I'm down here, not nearly enough people know, or not, I don't care, not nearly enough people know about Purdue than, you know, obviously your fan base. Mm-hmm. But I, I will tell you this, we've uh, we've improved down here. We have our own uh, <laughs> gathering place now for Purdue people. Coach Painter went over there when he came down uh, for my wedding, and and met some people that own a, a local establishment here, and so that that's turned out good. Huh? Let's, yeah, and let's, coach was coach uh, coach was my best man at my wedding as well. So oh, okay, uh, that that was really cool. And uh, and you so, had helped officiate his wedding the year before. Yes, 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 I, yes, I did. Well, it wasn't a year; it was only about a half a year. Right, uh, right. Bye. Yeah, yeah, I sure did, and. Uh, so he, he returned the favor, and uh, we 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 both had we both just had really remarkable weddings, and and they were laid back, you know. It wasn't you know real formal, and it was really neat. Uh, Elliot Bloom did officiated my wedding, uh, basketball ops director, mm-hmm. and a uh, part time minister. So we were uh, we were uh, taken care of and. You know, I, I, I really, Nathan, I can't say anything more about it other than it was as as good as I could have ever thought. I, I think, I think uh, Michelle did all the planning, but I, I don't know how it all came together. It was just we just went boom, 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 boom before we knew it. The day was over, and we were all sitting there thinking. Golly, we don't want this ever to quit. <laughs> I think we, I think we went two or three more days, but it was, it was really something. It was, it was beautiful and well done, and everybody. But as you mentioned about the Purdue fans, you know, I remember when we went through the tournament this year, and you know, once we uh, left the Northwestern gym after winning the uh, Big Ten championship, uh, then everything went just almost in perfect order where it just seemed to, everything just seemed to fit. And, mm. and and so when you're around the fans, it was Larry this and Larry that and Larry this. And 
you know, the point where you get a little uncomfortable about it, but you never get uncomfortable about the people who say it. And so you have to sit there and listen, and you have to be very, very thankful uh, of the things they're saying to you. And I've had, I've had hundreds of people come up to me and say, you fight this thing and you can beat it. And then will give me an example of either a family family member or a person themselves that have had four-stage cancer and survived for several years. So, you know, all I was looking for was could I get a year or two? And when I asked my oncologist uh, recently about that, said, well, I said, do I get any more time? I said, oh, yeah, you probably do. I said, well, how, how many years? <laughs> and she laughs and says, well, you know, well, we might give you two, might give you three, maybe five. Who knows? Ten could be a possibility. So we have no ideas. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, it was beautiful. The whole thing is beautiful. And the fans have continued. I mean, you know. I've had fans from way away from Purdue. I'm talking living in Utah that uh, have said, you know, I, I've heard of your story and, uh, you know, proud of you. We're behind you and we wish uh, all this. And and uh, I've, I've, I've listened to you since I was 10 years old. And, you know, you're part of my life because Purdue basketball is part of my life. And, and, and I'm just so... You know, I'm blown away by it. Well, it's been what four four decades and some change with Purdue basketball in some capacity that you've been yeah, broadcasting been, or reporting. With, or... Yeah, I've been with them. Uh, it's been my 34th year in play by play, and then I've been 42, 43 years overall. Okay. And 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 uh, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> Well, because of that, I wanted to get your perspective on last season because at this time last year, this was a team that people were looking at and saying, well, they, they just lost four senior starters, guys who've uh, produced a lot and meant a lot to the team in terms of leadership and things like that. What was this you know, younger team going to be able to um, accomplish without them? And then, obviously, they go on and, and win a share of the Big Ten Championship. They get within a whisper of getting to the Final Four, which I'll, I'll ask you about that experience in a second. But just kind of overall, um, kind of put that in perspective. Like, have you seen a season like that? Or can you remember other seasons like that, a Purdue team that kind of rose to the occasion and maybe seized a moment um, quite that well? Well, the 2000 team was uh, pretty much that way. They were... They weren't quite as thought of as highly as some other teams have been and, you know, made it um, right there on the cusp of the Final Four, same way as this team did. Um, and that was in uh, uh, the Elite Eight was held in uh, Utah. I think it was Utah, was it? Or Arizona, I guess. Yes, but, Arizona, uh, yes. Arizona, but uh, it, it was... Uh, it was very similar to this team, but the difference with this team was, uh, you know, when I, I don't know why you thought about it when you were covering them, but when the season started, you know, there, there were a lot of, there were a lot of weak spots there and, mm-hmm. and you just didn't have any idea how they were going to come together and 
who are they going to be? And, and you know, and when I first saw uh, Grady Eifert and the job he was doing uh, early in the season, I'm thinking, man, this kid's going to play. <laughs> and and, uh, and then and then no gel. How he he started to come into his own, and then uh, Hunter Junior. How he how he did it, and then and then you know the regular guys back started to become regular guys. Harms, and then and then you, of course had Klein and and Carson. And Carson is a special player. I don't care how anybody views him. The guy is a all American. And is an incredible player, and to see that, to see that tournament held out there at the end of the year, and we come within one second of the final four, which was heartbreaking. But I had an interesting thing said to me after it was all over by um, the, the great announcer at Indiana, Don Fisher, and, and Don's been close to me during my disease. And uh, it, it stood by me and gave me encouragement and all that. And, and Don says to me, he calls me after the game was over, and he calls me. He said, "Larry, I want you to know something." So I know you're, I know you're terribly upset that you did not get this uh, final four run. But he said, "Let me tell you something." He said, "You have just broadcast." one of the best games that's ever been held at the NCAA tournament. He said that was an incredible classic, uh, the Virginia game. Mm-hmm. And he said you did, and he said the Tennessee game wasn't too far off. You, you did back-to-back games, two of the best games that ever played in the tournament, ever played in the NCAA. And I, got, I sat back and I got to thinking about it and he said, you know what, you're probably right. And what what went on that night was incredible. Watching Carson was incredible. I mean, the guy was throwing up from 50 yeah. feet, man, and catching nothing but net. And then, you know, guy would come back and hit a 25-footer, boom, at all different angles, all different places on the floor. It was an incredible game. I don't know how many people watched it over and over again. I've watched it. I didn't watch it until uh, – uh, really, last week, and I, and I watched the game, and I <laughs> I just shook my head. And said, I was worried about how I did in it, and uh, and by the end, I didn't care. You know, all I cared about was what a freaking game, and it was. It was so. In my thoughts of, of the forty years, I'd have a hard time beating last year. I really would. I'd have, I'd have a hard time beating it. For excitement, how how more exciting could you be? Two overtime yeah, games, and, yeah. two overtime games against ranked opponents, including the the eventual national champion. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, the crescendo obviously kind of takes it up to another level, and um, I, it all leads into my next question, which was, you know, people come up to me, have come up to me since the end of the season, and said, oh, how about those games in Louisville and Oh, well, those that must have been really exciting being there. And, and to be honest, for in my job, a lot of that stuff goes by in kind of a blur because you're doing so many things at once. You're writing a story on deadline. You've Absolutely. got social media yeah. things. You're you're actually trying to watch. So you are caught up in the moment. You do feel kind of that tension. 
but it, it, our our attention span as as writers has has been really um split a lot uh, over the years and you try to do your best in that moment but i'm wondering for you what's it like being a broadcaster both that tennessee game but then especially that virginia game um do you just sort of get caught up in the moment as those games are going do you get to kind of is there a moment where you get to kind of take a breath and say man i'm really in the middle of we're really in the middle of something here well not really i mean i I think it i think it took uh you know some people to say uh rob blackman my color man uh we were walking uh to the bus after the game and he, he he said, and he doesn't do this very often, but he said, Larry, he said, he said, he said, you were great tonight. And uh, I said, you kidding me? He said, no. He said, you were, he said, it's the best that I've ever heard. And of course, going through what I've been going through, which that certainly wasn't the case because the first six months or the first four or five months, three months, you know, I was, I was starting all over, and you could tell, and fans knew about it and all that, and they knew that, you know, I was struggling a little bit, and I didn't know in my mind if I could get back to where I could be, and uh, Rob said I did, and and we were not convinced that I'm back all the way. I don't think any of us are that were with uh, the broadcast team. But we think we're in a position now, especially with the new news, that you know I can I can continue and continue to get treatment on my uh, on my language and my brain activity. That that maybe I could have a year or two left, and uh, so I, I was really considering before I met with doctors last week that eh, I think I might call it a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and retire, but you know, uh, then I was told, you know, by my wife and people close to me, not not yet. No, don't don't hang them up yet. Wait and see how everything goes until the season starts, and see how you can handle it. Because I've had walking problems and stuff like that, and you know, you need people to get you around, and mm-hmm. I don't want to be that burden on people and. But I, I've been given a lot of confidence from from the Purdue folks that don't worry about that. We'll get you around, and uh, you just open your mouth and call the game. And so if I can do that, and I, and I have that opportunities and those resources, then then I'll go ahead. You know, you were talking earlier. You know, you're you're a beat reporter for our team, and I I, I don't know I don't know your emotions. I'm I'm assuming that you probably probably like it more than when we win and then when we lose. But a lot of people don't realize that, you know, I've been pretty much adopted by this basketball team mm-hmm. by Coach Painter and his whole group. And, and it's not that, you know, I'm one-sided. There's no question that people know that when I root for the Boilermakers, they know who I am and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that gives me open season not to be critical of the team or critical of players or coaches or whatever. I still think I have that avenue, but Matt's one of my best friends. <laughs> it's hard to, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm never going to put him on the slaughter desk, you know, and uh, I let other people do that if they feel that it's necessary. 
but uh, so it's a little different for me than for most people. I'm so close to the program, but uh, to me, it's like to me that type of thing is like oh, it's just like playing, and uh, that's the feel that I get. It's so incredible. And and this year it was you know you had two weekends of that was incredible. Gosh, I can't imagine what it'd been like to get to the final four because I think we were good enough that we could come up with two more wins. So um, certainly plausible, yeah. You know, for, yeah. for those of us on on the other side, we all we root for is games that end on time. So no matter who won, <laughs> all the riders had lost that night. Uh, I, I hope the fans understand. I'm not trying to be glib, but. We got deadlines to work on, and it, it's just uh, it's, it's easier when games end when they're supposed to. But but it was obviously a, a and, and it's also easier to walk into a locker room from for a team that just won, obviously, than a team that just lost. Let alone had their seasons slash careers in. So um, I don't know that we have to. It's not that we're necessarily rooting for the teams, but you're right. Um, it, it's an it's often an easier situation to go in, uh, but you have to go in and try to do it either way. So. Um, but just to, just to clarify, so as of right now, you expect to be in some capacity broadcasting Purdue basketball games this coming season. Yes. Or you're taking uh, a wait and see. No. Well, you know, let's wait and see a few more weeks. Uh, maybe maybe a month, and then you know we'll go ahead with whatever we have to go to. Um, uh, I think unless I have something go really badly wrong that I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be fine to do the season and and more so I'll be logistically a lot better off because I'm gonna work hard now in the next six months to physically get ready for the season by working out and getting stronger. My muscles have atrophied a, a tremendous amount and just that's what I'm going to do is just try to eat well, get get healthy, and hopefully be able to walk around like everybody else does, and, you know, be there at the bus at the right time and everything. But, you know, I may have, I may need some help, and uh, I don't know. Or if something goes wrong, then I'll, then I'll bow out. But, yeah, I think I'd like to have at least one more and, just play it by ear, but uh, Rob and I have talked about it. He understands, and uh, I understand, and we're both hoping that that's how we'll look at it. Well, last thing for uh, Larry Clisby, and thanks for joining us here today on Boilers Extra. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Purdue basketball going into this season, because um, uh, somewhat like a year ago at this time, have some some obviously some big. A, a large amount of production has left the program. Some some star players have left the program, and you've got largely a pretty young group coming up behind it. So, just I guess, what's your your level of optimism, and what do you what do you want to see here? I guess maybe when the season starts, as to you know what kind of team this is going to be. Well, here's what I want to say uh, about that, Nathan. And I've been around Coach Painter a long time, sixteen years. And, uh, of course, I called his games when he played, and I have a, a, a deep, deep, deep uh, love for the guy. And uh, 
I can say this. I have never seen him be in a position before, and I see his position now. He seems as comfortable, and I don't know, you, you might be able to confirm this to me because you've been around the program long enough to see his attitude, but I've never seen him as comfortable ever as he is right now. I know he's in the, in the throes of having a, a remarkable recruiting class. He has a, a, a couple of really good players coming back. Uh, Matt Harms and No Joe Eastern are really good players. And um, he's got some others there as well. And he's got some veteran players. So I, I think there – and he's got a, an incredible – uh, recruiting class started, so I mm-hmm. I just feel uh, he, he just they just all of them all the coaches and then adding Micah Shrewsbury from the Celtic staff uh, I think is a tremendous plus and I just think overall you have to be excited if you're a Purdue fan now do I think we can go out in the first week of the season and beat Duke and People like that? No, I don't. But I think we can play with anybody. And I think I see it in a program. I see it overall as a program. I see it. These kids now have a have a real good feeling of who they are. And Purdue never got as much publicity. In, in my whole time there, in the 40 years I've been there, did they ever get the type of publicity they got by playing those two games against Tennessee and Virginia. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. And and I think, uh, you know, that leads to recruiting hits and or misses, but at least it gets you in the house of certain players. And they've already picked off a couple of dandies. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really great to see. And, uh, and I think... I think Matt already is one of the best coaches in the country, but I think he's going to take his his whole thing to another level. I don't want to put any pressure on the guy, but I just think he's comfortable. And if he's comfortable, I'd say that's uh, I'd say that's trouble for other Big Ten coaches because uh, I think he can I think he can do a lot of damage in this league. Well, I I know that last year they didn't get to the Final Four, this elusive Final Four that they've wanted for so long, the fan base has wanted for so long. But do, do you look at it and do you think, maybe it's, it's not fair to ask you to, to, to look into their minds, but that, that Matt and the, the coaching staff see, saw last season as kind of a validation of the the, the approach or the program or, or the system Absolutely. that they, you know, they're, they're, what they're trying to do. A- Absolutely. Absolutely, I think they they have. Uh, I think they found what they want, and uh, you know things change obviously for coaches the way they look at things. But Matt's, uh, you know, Matt's still a young man. He's forty eight, and uh, he's been in this league a long time, and he's made his mark in this league. He's won Big Ten championships. He's uh, made it now to an Elite Eight. That's been that's been the stumbling block for a while. And I don't think I think if he goes back into that, uh, I think he'll he'll be a lot more comfortable how he handles it. But you know, Virginia's the greatest greatest person or uh, team to 
to look at as being a, a, a oh on a, a reason that Purdue should feel awfully good about itself. Virginia was the first team in the history of the NCAA to lose to a 16th seed just the year prior to winning the national championship. Think of that. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, uh, so I think the way that Purdue went through the tournament. They can feel good about it, and I I just like their approach. I thought their approach, and and I and I watch the coach a lot. I, I you know I spent a lot of time with him, and I and I, I I saw him go, oh man, oh yeah, and 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 that's good because he could appreciate what he had done, and I don't think that when it was all over, he was saying, gosh darn it, why didn't we do this, or gosh darn it, why did we do it. I think he felt comfortable in what he did. Losing to Virginia by one point and the national champion is, is not a disgrace. Something to be very proud of. And uh and I think you'll see that. I, I think you'll see that in attitude. And I think with my I think with Micah back, uh that'll help too. So I'm really excited it. <laughs> you know. The problem with last year for me, I was in the middle of a fight for my life, and I, mm-hmm. you know, basketball wasn't the most important thing in my life, and and, and you could tell anybody who heard the games late in the season, they could tell that I wasn't the same dude. But by the last two games of the season, according to to my backup, he he thought I was great and did a tremendous job. Then then I felt, oh, I might be back. And now when I just got this news that I'm in remission was was several months before the basketball season starts. It looks like I can do some work because last year I wasn't preparing for the season to start. I was preparing to try to stay alive. And uh so so it's a big difference. So this year, unless I take a uh, turn backwards in my health, I'm 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 gonna be working hard to start the season and, and do it the way I always do it. That's 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 what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, people like you, people like uh, all the Purdue fans have been so great to me and all the Purdue staff and all the people that have been hung in there with me, you know, they're going to say, well, Larry beat it and, you know, we'll go on. Uh, yeah, I beat it at a certain level and I'm proud of that. But uh, I, I want to I stay alive for another five or ten years. And if I can then it's all been worth it. And, and being part of the basketball team is, is, is part of the reason I'm here. So uh, it, it's been a remarkable, it's been a remarkable year for me, a remarkable year. Uh, I, I I can only imagine. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad that, uh, that you got the news you got and that you'll be back on the sidelines again or courtside, I should say this coming season. And uh, thanks for joining us on Boilers Extra. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Nathan. It was great. I may be biased, but I think that's one of the best conversations we've had on Boilers Extra in a while. So I hope you all enjoyed it as well. Thanks so much to Larry for joining us. And it's great to hear that he's going to be back with Purdue basketball this season, or at least he, he hopes to, assuming everything goes according to plan. And I uh, hope you'll keep following us. Um, you'll, I post every episode on jconline.com 
um, with a lot of links to uh, you know, other coverage that, that we have coming up. And there's links there where you can subscribe each week so you don't have to wait for the tweet to come out. The, the, the podcast will come right to your iPhone or other device um, through uh, various outlets, um, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, there's a number of ways that you can subscribe. It's all free, um, and that's the best way to get us uh, directly each week. So you can also, through all those formats, I believe, um, send us feedback, leave us um, you know, ratings, and, and let us know what you want to hear on the podcast or, or get, and give us feedback. Uh, let us know what we're doing well and, and what you want to hear more of. So I appreciate you joining us this week on Boilers Extra, and we'll talk to you again soon.